0: Welcome to the Theatre Art Live podcast and hello. We're putting the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the globe, the
1: culture creators, the backstage masters. My name is Anna Aguilera and my name is Anna Robb. Here we are a year on from the first podcast that we did. What was the date? You know it better than me. July 21st were the first ones that were online. Well, there you go. So we're almost to that point. And uh, it's been an interesting year, I guess, for everybody, not just us. What's your thoughts about the year that's just gone? Well, it was a year
0: for the industry (laughs) or a non-year, I guess. I don't know. But um, for me, it was actually very productive. I enjoyed it. I think I was lucky. (laughs) And I learned a lot. It, It was really interesting, but I'm very grateful about the podcast, having it and uh, having all those conversations with you and our guests. What about
1: you? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's nice to see right now people coming back to work in some way, shape, or form, and uh, I think it was a nice opportunity to start this podcast in such a downtime because we got our rhythm going, and uh, now we have to incorporate this into our work and life, which is going to be a challenge moving forward, but we're determined to do that. So, the, you know, how we move forward may be a little bit different because in the past year, it's been very easy to schedule our time and sit in front of this uh, computer and, and, and do this. So, I feel like um, it was a great opportunity to also get to know you better and also find the vibe between us as how we interview people. I mean, what wonderful guests we've had in the last 12 months and how much have we learned from these people and, and even ones that we went into that we didn't think was particularly, you know, we didn't know how it was going to go, we always come back out of it going, well, wow, what, what was that? We learned so much or I was saying to you before we went on on air was like whoever knew that talking about Shakespeare was going to be so funny and fun, you know, and with the uh, Maria McNair, and just things like that. You know, there was just a really, really surprising and enjoyable things that conversations that happened. That for me was a great motivation to sustain me through this year because it's been very quiet for me work wise. Of course, I was working, but nothing were you getting out and doing. I'm doing budgets and timelines and budgets and timelines and budgets and timelines and budgets and timelines. And I'm not used to doing just that. I'm used to being backstage, on stage, running things and participating in, in in actually the physical, tangible show. And I've missed that terribly. And I would hope that in the coming 12 months that, I mean, I ran a live event just the other week and it was a fairly non-exciting corporate event but i was like buzzing around the place like it was like christmas <laughs> because i'm calling cues, we're doing stuff it was like i don't even know what these people at the conference were talking about but i'm doing i'm doing a show it's happening and i i took it and i held on to it it was very exciting so i'm hoping for more of those things and um but i also want to make sure that we continue these conversations because they are very fulfilling and I'm hoping that the audience who have been listening to them have enjoyed them as well.
0: Yeah. What have you enjoyed the most out of the podcast?
1: I think the diversity of the genres of entertainment that we've we've reached out to. I think the location diversity as well, so people from all around the world. I love those different perspectives coming in. I'm one of those people that believe that entertainment no matter its form, whether it be events or circus or theatre or opera or musicals, the people that go into that industry, they have quite a commonality of the drive to produce entertainment and, and yes, it's expressed in different forms but at the core of what they do is, you know, they're driven by passion and they're driven by what their particular skill is, their creativity, be it, you know, design, be it being technical, being on stage, all of those things, even, you know, from a theoretical side if you're studying it, et cetera, et cetera. So I just, I like to look for those commonalities and I think that when we've talked to these people, we've had this connection with every guest that we've spoken to in some way, right? But that's also because you and I are quite inquisitive people and interested in... Um, what other people do and how they do it and I think that's why you and I get along because we have that interest and passion to understand the world around us and also the people and the industry that we work in. How about you?
0: Well that was a very deep uh, (laughs) answer, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I guess similarly to you what I've enjoyed the most is having such a wide array of discussions and Somehow this all proves there's so many different ways to do things and that there's not one way to do it and that we're all passionate about the same thing in such different ways and we come to similar results if you want, but at the same time they're very different, uh, but from different paths of life, from different points of view and from different approaches. and It makes it a really very rich environment. I want to add a disclaimer that If you hear it in the background, it's fireworks, not gunshots. Uh, We're recording this on the 4th of July, and I'm in the United States. (laughs) So, congratulations to everyone on the celebration, I guess.
1: That's amazing. Is there anything that you felt that you learned from the last year from the podcast?
0: Well, you mentioned earlier before we started recording, and I think you're very right. Like, every conversation has been an opportunity to learn probably more than one thing I definitely while doing research for some of our guests discovered shows or technical stuff or things that I didn't know that were possible or had ever been done or how they worked and that was super cool Mm. I mean you made fun of me with my obsession with web
1: design (laughs) (laughs) You did not out on that podcast completely, but it was super fancy.
0: What about you?
1: I learned that there's a lot of people that should be in the public eye that don't usually speak. And um, I'm really glad we have reached out to some of those people. I think that a lot of the time when people talk about publicity and entertainment, they talk to the people on stage or the publicist and they talk about, how good the show is and 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 it's it's out outward facing towards the public who consume that content right who consume those shows but we have made a very big desire to go out and and have the conversations behind the curtain uh and understand you know not just what people do on stage but also the fabric of their lives their motivations their desires their cultures and the way that they do things and I feel that although a lot of the people have been open and we've managed to get a lot of people at the table, a lot of other people that haven't joined the podcast, there's a lot of talented people out there that are too shy to sit there and talk about themselves or talk about that. And I'd like to change that. I'd like to have those people that are usually behind the scenes in the dark speak a lot about more about their lives because I think they're fascinating people. We know they're fascinating people, right? And I think that they should feel more... I've had to come out of my shell in theatre art life generally to run webinars and to do this and to do all of that. And it was never in my nature to become a podcast host or a webinar host and things like that. But I felt like I wanted to create a platform for these people to have conversations, so I had to go outside my comfort zone to do that. And now that I, it's, I'm much more comfortable with doing it and it's, uh, it, I just feel like even more uh, motivated to pull those people out of the shadows and into the spotlight, I guess.
0: It has been really cool, like, those quote-unquote shy people that we sometimes interview, but they're like, okay, I could talk about this one thing that I'm really passionate about, and then they can go on and on and on for, like, the (laughs) longest time. (laughs) Those are pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, you know, I mean, I hope people who listen to our podcast uh, feel the same, but it's really um, interesting to see that and and I think there's of we've just scratched the surface of all those people there's so many out there you know we've got another list of 40 people on our spreadsheet right now that we we need to knock off the list one by one you know and it takes time to chase them and figure out who they are and where they are and the time zones and and get it done but it's certainly opened up a network of people that I now am aware of globally and also and that feels expansive, but it also makes it feel like the industry is tiny.
0: It does. Shout out to the time zone thing. Like who th- Who says that we can't make things work uh, across the world?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, my life during COVID has completely changed. I mean, you always work at long hours in in our industry, right? So I think that, that that hasn't necessarily changed for me. I I know that other people might have gone to a more nine to five lifestyle during the pandemic but if anything working with the companies that I'm working for and with working on Theatre Art Life my Monday to Friday is 7am to midnight and there's nothing I can do about that (laughs) except I have to make sure I have to take a good couple of hours off in the middle of the day you know and and look after myself and my own mental health but yeah it's been that's shifted a lot for me in the last year.
0: Where do you see the podcast going or where? how would you lo- like it to, to go on?
1: Oh, more, more people, more people that we find. Um, I, I mean, I would love to hear from our people, our listeners, to who they want to hear about and if there's anything particularly in our topics of conversation they would like to know from the industry people, right, because I think that we're able to get them there and start talking about their life. So if there's, if there's anything that particularly people need to know, we should we'd, we're happy to ask it, I guess. I would like to, I think, you know, we both agreed that we would want to have a turnaround of interview to release being faster because last time we did a big chunk and then we released weekly. But now going back to our new schedule, we're going to have to record regularly but also release regularly. So that's going to be a shift for us, I think. And also it'll be nice because I think then the podcast coming out will be very fresh and Within a few weeks, right, and within a month of us recording, it'll be out on the airwaves. So I think that's going to be cool. And as I said to you, I want to record a little bit of video of our interviews as well, so we can show people on social media and hopefully get more people to to listen to what we're talking about. How about you?
0: I love it that we're kind of on the same page. I really want to hear from other people. I feel like we've tapped into a lot of our personal interests and curiosities. And I think it would be nice to make it a shared goal, at least to to see what other people want to hear and how can we enable those conversations and how how the podcast starts some conversations somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that would be pretty cool. I'm also excited about having a quicker turnaround. It's going to be a little tricky to keep the schedules going, but also to have it fresh and like, hey, where are you today? <laughs> do you have around today?
1: Recording from your iPhone or your you know cell phone wherever you are yeah it's going to be it's going to be a little bit like that and maybe I think it's going to be exciting because maybe we're going to record from a gig or we're going to record from you know whatever you're doing in the summer or that sort of thing so it's going to be a little bit more I guess dynamic is what's going to happen and uh and maybe those conversations are going to be shorter but hopefully they're short sharp and fresh and, and we we stay up to date with what what's going on you know yeah that would be very cool and I'd like to get plug into sort of soon which we haven't really talked about it but some of those people that are getting back to it right now right like people who are back you know Vegas is back to a certain extent other people are it's still hard because there's still parts of the world that are completely on lockdown Australia was doing really well and now the shows have shut in Sydney for the first time because the, the outbreak's there have been just great. Melbourne's been open, shut, open, shut since they returned. And, uh, you know, it was all, it's the problem with the pandemic is it was all, it, it goes in waves and, and there's got to be a sustainable consistency in the management of it. Otherwise, it seems to keep coming back in some way, shape or form for even people that are trying to get on top of it. I think that the USA is doing pretty well because they've made, vaccination so accessible and and people are very positive about moving forward with that. I think other countries have, I think UKs have got a good rate of vaccination too now, like they're getting up there as well. So at some point there'll be that, like you say, they call herd immunity and there'll be that tipping point for those countries. But it's also scary that there's a lot of variants out there that can adapt and change and and, and that's still going to beat our industry around for the next couple of years I think in different parts of the world especially maybe certain countries are going to get back on their feet but I still don't think we're walking away from this anytime soon what about you what do you think the same
0: yeah i am thinking i wonder if as an industry we could do something you know like yes here like currently i'm in new york state in the hudson valley everything's going crazy like everyone's Like, there is not enough people to work every gig that there is and every production that's going back and the tours and Broadway and concerts. And, like, I I just read today that Shakespeare in the Park is back in Central Park, as you said, Vegas is back. So that's kind of cool, but there's been a lot of talk on how the, the Western countries or the rich countries can help the developed world, and then I wonder if for us as industry, as we're tighter and together, are we going to be doing something to be able to open other markets? You know, like if we want to have a show, I don't know, in Africa or in Latin America or in in some of the East Asian countries, are we going to do something so that's available? That also made me think, like you've been very inquisitive on. Are we going to act on all the things we've been saying throughout this year in terms of social changes and equality and lifestyle and mental health? I don't know. I think we're about to see, but I hope we do. <laughs> uh,
1: you bring a great point about other countries because I think the other big crutch, I think, is the fact that people moving from country to country to do work and production. So a lot of people we know have gone over to, Expo 20, well, it was Dubai 2020, it's now 21, um, Expo Dubai Expo. And the UAE has very, I think, a, quite a very practical approach to getting people into the country and working with quarantine, vaccination, testing. They, they seem to be managing that okay. But that, that's not the same. Like, if you wanted to take something into China right now, I, I guess you could forget about it, right? Like, I think that would be very difficult it's very difficult to come into Hong Kong right now it's very difficult for me to leave to the point where I'm going to take a cruise ship to nowhere for a few days as a vacation (laughs) because the only version of holiday that I'm going to get this year (laughs) get on a boat and run cruise around for a couple of days because it's really just it's just so just I know in other parts of the world crossing borders and stuff has I know people have flown from UK to US and things like that but for us here this is not the case where I have I have work in Macau coming up and I can't get across the border. Like, And we're an hour of ferry away and we're both a special administrative region of China, but we are different visas, different work permits, et cetera, different living requirements, and I'm not allowed to go there. And um, there's always talk about when that will open, but then there's another case and then it shuts down. And then, and, you know, it's just, it's so cyclical here. And, and I, I'm feeling it from my perspective in Asia. As opposed to what you're experiencing with everybody getting jobs and things waking up, there's a vice still around us here that is preventing major things happening, major, major sort of normal things. Because, especially because places like Hong Kong is more of a hub than anything, you know, it's like this place where you're always flying in and out of to get to every country in Southeast Asia. Before the pandemic, I was on a plane every month for two and a half years for work. And now, I haven't been anywhere since since May. I, I came back from Australia in May 2020, so I've not been on an aeroplane since then. So that's the longest I've not been on a plane in the last, say, 15 years, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the last time I was on a plane, it was in January 2020. I was yeah. coming back from San Francisco.
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Um But it's nice to see that glimmer of hope. It's nice to see things um, coming back. I love to see friends posting about their getting jobs and backstage and people on stage and costumes and just gigs going together and that's super um, exciting for me because uh, I think that's just quite invigorating for everyone wherever we are in the world.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a very busy year next year, 2022, I hope.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, but you're you're finishing your masters, right? Like, when does that finish?
0: Yes. So, I've been busy. As I said, I was it was a good year. Like, I, I think my timing was great. So, I've been doing my masters, and I'm gonna graduate early this December. So, I guess hard work pays <laughs> pays off. I'll be graduating in December. I did a masters in technical direction. And uh, I was, I was also something I don't talk about a lot, but I was working part time at the library in the little maker space, which is this creative space for students to come in and work with whatever, right, there's available. And um, it was such a cool project because I started it from zero, like literally my first job interview was like, hey, do you know how to 3D print? No do you know how to draft? Sort of, but I'll get better. Uh, (laughs) And then um, they're like, okay, uh, do you want the job? I was like, yeah, it sounds cool. And there was nothing, absolutely nothing. So I had to, like the 3D printers were unboxed, but other than that, there was nothing. And so I had to learn how to 3D print. I got good at drafting, 3D drafting. And a lot of other things we don't only have, like we have, high definition scanners and a three d scanner and um like sewing machines that I never really got the time to play now. I'm good at fixing my clothes. that's about it, but well there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just having that open space for people to gather and enabling com- conversations and having like a free safe space for students from all the different disciplines in an art school and all different levels. That was one of, if not the highlight of me doing the master's and during the past year. So we actually had in-person classes through the pandemic. I did do shows, in-person shows, one of the few, I guess, ever. And I managed to open to the public, the makerspace, which wasn't a thing during the pandemic, all safe. I didn't like, I think I, there was one person that was in quarantine at some point, but that's about it. And uh, learning to adapt, especially when we were running the show, like, through the entire, you know, rehearsal, production, tech, and show process, the mass restrictions, the proximity, social distancing, rest- everything was changing. And, you know, having to adapt to that. It was outdoors, so playing with the weather, which I was familiar with, but most people were not, and uh, that was pretty cool. It was a good year. And so I'm <laughs> looking forward to go back to work, which I really miss. Yeah. And and be back in the real world doing real things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, onwards and upwards then, I guess. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> Let's keep sailing. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, we're looking forward. So, all right. Well, thanks to all our listeners for uh, listening this year and hopefully we'll bring you more content in the coming year. And if you have any suggestions, let us know. All right. See you soon. All right. Talk soon. We would love to hear from you, our listeners, on who you would like us to feature on this podcast or what topics fascinate you. There's a link in our podcast description where you can send us your podcast requests and guest nominations. Theatre Art Life provides regular monthly webinars and podcasts for free and if you have the means, donations can be made via a link in the podcast description. We would be thankful for any support you can give us. You can learn more about Theatre Art Life, the global media site for entertainment, at www.theatreartlife.com and you can follow us on all social media platforms. We want to thank David Zare for composing the music for our podcast. We are your hosts, Anna and Anna, and this is the Theatre Art Life podcast. Thanks for listening.